And we're back, Pickaxe and Roll. This is part two of our two-part podcast. Myself, Gordon Gross uh, of Denver Stiffs, G Money Nugs on Twitter. Uh, we are recording, this is like you said, second part. We're just recording this one right after the first one. Uh, I wanted to split up these two because we uh, we have a lot of content that we want to get on our ch- out of our our system here, and there's just a lot of things to talk about before uh, well, before the weekend hits. Uh, Gordon, first of all, uh, free agency this year. Are you excited that Denver like that they're in this situation now where they have specific needs, but they've also got a whole bunch of free agents this year? Uh, the word I would use on free agency is limited flexibility. Yep. Are you excited about free agency or are you kind of just dreading it? I don't dread it. I just don't think there's a lot that they can do. It's a margins thing. Um, and be honest, Ryan, the reason we're having part two of this is because you had me on <laughs> and I don't give 15 word. Yes. No small explanation answers. So this is really a you problem. We created this problem ourselves and this is you solving it with two sets of podcasts. So don't fool anybody. I- uh, it's 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 a hundred percent true. I I asked Gordon if he wanted to be on, and internally I made the notes that yes, I am going to do two parts for this podcast See? this time. That is initial, like immediately what I wanted to do. Told you. So my my thing with free agency is the Nuggets have extremely limited um, mobility, um, ability to pay. <clears throat> um, it's not like you know when he when it's somebody who's on your own squad that you can. Um, go ahead and give whatever money you want to, which then would be a, you know, is Josh going to pay more tax question? This is a literally the way that the CBA is defined. You can only offer this much money. And so the Nuggets only have, you know, the MLE, they only have uh, minimum salaries. They only have so much that they can do. Um, They should have the B. Do they have the BAE back? I can't remember as a tax squad if they do. Uh, so they technically do. Uh, Faku Composo was on the BAE. He was signed two years ago. That just yeah, two that years. expires. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, if they go over the the hard cap line, right. then they lose that opportunity to get the BAE. That's what and I think. I think that they're going to be over it. Right. So, so you're looking at MLE and minimums, essentially. Like th- that, And you can split the MLE up. That doesn't have to be one guy. Um, but that's what you're looking at. So... There's there's only so much you can do. Like, uh, should the Nuggets look into things like bringing back PJ Dozier on a minimum and letting him finish his rehab here and get on the court in January or whatever? Absolutely, they should look into that because he knows the system already. He doesn't have to get up to speed. He knows how to play with Jokic. He has familiarity with the squad. He fits a wing defender role. He can be a backup point guard at some point. Like, he does a lot of things for your roster as far as versatility goes, assuming that his leg is right. Now, we don't know, um, but he will be well, well, well into his um, rehab by then. Like, um, P.J. Dozier at that point will be basically where Jamal Murray was in April of this year. So, you know, you roll the calendar to December and January, and you should be expecting to see him on the court. So, uh, with Dozier, that gives you an option, and he's cheap. So, you know, should they be looking at, you know, signing – uh, Davon Reed, absolutely. They should be looking at giving him some sort of three-year minimum deal to stay and play wing defense and make let's three. Go, let's go through the guys, actually. Let's like because sure. we're we're on this here. Uh, I want to go through each of the names. Uh, everybody that's that's kind of a free agent. The uh, the player options that are going through here. Uh, 
We've got seven free agents. DeMarcus Cousins, Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes, Faku Campazzo, Flacco Chanchar, and then the two two-way guys who are restricted free agents in Davon Reed and Marcus Howard. Right. Uh, you have two player options in Jeff Green and Jamichael Green. Uh, real quickly, do you think those guys are going to opt into their deals? Absolutely. I sort of think so, too. I think that with Jamichael Green, he didn't play at that level. Sort of makes sense for him to just cash in on that money. Yep. With Jeff Green, I'm not, he might decide to go somewhere else, but he said that he wanted to have some place where he could have a little bit of stability. Right. And so I kind of expect him to opt in. Um, so you're going to have both Greens back in all likelihood. Right. So which of the above free agents, and, and even include the Greens here as well, because it could be for trade reasons, which of the above players should Denver be including in their vision of next year's roster? Um, well, I think you should definitely bring back Austin Rivers. Okay. He's literally your only current point of attack defender. Um, he's a good vet locker room guy. You know, he he uh, is a competitor. He loves being here. Um, he's willing to get vocal um, in defense of people on the team. There's a lot of non-vocal people on this squad. Austin Rivers is a vocal person. And so I think that that's helpful. Um, do I think he is, you know, a starter caliber? He should be the starting two? No. But he fills a role and you need that role. Uh, so I, I think Austin Rivers is definitely somebody that um, they will need to look into bringing back uh, because you don't know what you can get in free agency um, to replace him. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of guys that I think you can you could identify and say, oh man, they, they should go swinging for Gary Payton. They sure. should go for Gary Harris or, or Wes Matthews or, or a Martin twin or somebody like that. Right. But the fact is, is that you've got Austin Rivers in house. He knows the system. And are those guys that much better than Austin Rivers? I, I don't know if it's it's marginal, but the thing about Austin Rivers is that you can pay him whatever you want uh, up to about $10 million. He's a, uh, he's got yep. bird rights or, or like, or like some of the, stipulations that that say that he can be paid up to 10 million he doesn't just have to be paid uh within about 3.2 million which is what demarcus right. cousins has the flexibility for because denver signed into a one-year deal this year they can only pay demarcus cousins 3.2 million annually or so in his first season which means that another team that can throw out more they might uh they might be more considerate of that absolutely and so you're not limited with Rivers. Now, they should not be paying him $10 million. But it doesn't, like, he can get more from you and or the value of staying here on a team close to the championship may be important to him. He was almost out of the league. He's happy to be back. I he think also deserves a raise, I think. I think they should give him a raise and a multi-year deal, personally. I, yeah, I think yeah. you have to offer him another, two, at least two, like, you know, two years and, you know, not a huge salary, but a, a raise. He deserves a raise. Like He's been playing eight hard. Million, ten million, something Whatever. like that. Yeah. Like again, this is you can pay him. Um, and again, if you're gonna get cheap, he made what two and a half million this year. So, yeah. you know, if you're gonna give him a you know, two for eight, you know, that's fine. Um this is this is about what that kind of a guy gets on the market. People get upset about it, and I'm like, great, go get somebody on the market who's not making that. And because the Nuggets are limited in what they can offer, because you can pay him and you can't pay free agents, you might as well pay the guy who's already with you. So, yeah, Austin Rivers, in my opinion, should come back. 
this is where Calvin Booth's aggressiveness, uh, I, I think he'll have to take a backseat on this one because a lot of the decisions are going to be made for him. Yep. I think the one aggressive thing that he can do is throw around that taxpayer MLE. Uh, it's about 6.1 million, 6.4 right. million or so in the first year. It's about three years, 20 million, 21 million overall. Uh, you can throw that entire amount at somebody and potentially get somebody pretty good. I'm not saying that you're going to get a, a full-time contributor, a full-time playoff player. You should, you should probably try Good. to get that. That's the, yeah. that's the hope you, you want to get somebody that's playing at, playing at least like 20 to 25 minutes in a game seven. Like that would be a good thing. Yep. Um, and they probably can find that they, they have to get a little bit creative, but uh, like a, a Martin twin, like Cody or Caleb Martin, I think both of those guys would be very interesting for something like that. But uh, splitting up the taxpayer MLE to me, it feels wrong. It feels like you're you're not maximizing your potential to add a real contributor and are instead trying to plug holes. Well, and the other thing is, is if you have both greens opt in, you don't have the roster spots to keep adding like randos for the three point, like half of the MLE. You, right. would be, you might as well pay one guy and assume that you're going to wind up trading a green later to add another guy um, in order to uh maximize what you have to start the year the worst thing that you can do because you can again if you're going to take long shots on guys like pj dozier or whatever at the minimum that's totally fine you can take those but you're going to want like if he injures himself again you need somebody who can play and you need a good contributor and like you said a guy who can pull roster minutes you do not by any means want to be running out marcus howard in the playoffs like that's not tenable. You don't want to be having, um, you know, some of these other players who are not paid and are not ready. You know, uh, the Nuggets had this problem last year where the, there was literal consternation um, about not putting, you know, two-way player Davon Reed on the playoff roster because no one else could fill the role that he fills. Well, that's right. terrible. Like, how do you have a <laughs> roster set up that in the playoffs, you're literally like begging two-way talent to may for to maybe be on the roster in order to to match up with a world champion potentially in Golden State. Like that's terrible. So you can't be having that stuff. Don't cheap out. Put your money in. Like it, your guys, like Davon Reader, they are they're your backup plan. You 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 add those guys as your 14th dude, and you you hope that. If they push for playoff time or they're they're ready to step in if somebody gets injured, but that's not your that's not your plan with the MLE. That's your one card that you have to play in free agency. And they better get it right. That's the thing yeah. like, with this with this group. They they don't have as like a ton of bullets. They can't fire a whole bunch of shots nope. at free agency. And and if you're if you're looking to add a guy that can really help this team over the course of the next one, two, or three years, then I, I think you've got to do your research. You've got to get aggressive and you got to really identify somebody. And I think the most likely scenario there is they get somebody that really focuses in on that point of attack defense. Uh, he he may not Harris. be. Yeah. yeah. Gary Harris is probably the name that I would, I would circle here a uh, three year, $20 million deal for Gary Harris. I could really see it. Absolutely. Now it would probably be two plus a player because the player wants to be able to maximize his potential. Um, but that's something that the Nuggets should absolutely look into because uh, Gary Harris has been oft injured, unfortunately for him and for the Nuggets. 
Um, but when he's healthy, he's very good on ball. He's yes, he's a slightly smaller shooting guard defender, but he's he's great at steals. He's great at he's great at every of all of the little stuff that Denver likes to do. So for that price point, he's great at that price point. They should give Gary Payton the second a call. I don't yeah. think that they can swing it, but I but they should give him a call. Uh, Golden State, though, it seems like they do print money, like you were talking about earlier. Um, it doesn't seem like like they they're not they're going to lose some guys. Like they're going to have to make a choice between I think Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter Jr. Right. I think like they like both of those guys are very valuable, and, and maybe they feel like they don't. Need I would Gary offer either of those guys. That would be fine. Offer either of those guys some stuff. Yeah, exactly, and um. But yeah, like I, I think Gary Harris is a very likely target. Amir Coffey is somebody that I've thrown out before. I like right. him. Um, Caleb Martin, who's playing well in the playoffs this year, I'd be somebody that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Wes Matthews, somebody that makes some sense, although he's he's now turning thirty six or so with, with uh, he's Milwaukee. A kid so out there, yeah. I uh, like he, he's still good. But still gave Jason Tatum some problems, but uh, like I said, you you've got to take a big swing. And if you can get a big guy that could, that can really help you out on that point of attack, or, or at least just bolstering the wing depth, then you're doing something right. Right. Yeah. Like I said, that you have options, but you, you only have that one real salary for, for free agency. So I'm with you, spend it on one guy, get the right guy. And then your backup plan is some kind of vet minimum for Davon or Dozier or both or whatever to to make that happen and that's also why you're bringing Austin Rivers back in theory is so that you are loaded up at point of attack wing guys that's why I assume for me anyway my assumption is is that you're going to be using free agency um, and your own in-house guys to work on the point of attack and then the trade if you're going to hit the trade market for anything it's going to be at that swingman position for a defensive upgrade and that's where you start talking about how you make that happen. I think the plan uh, with the free agents kind of circling back to that, I'd, I'd factor in one green, whether it's Jeff or Jamichael into Denver's plans. I don't think that they're going to keep both. Sure. Like Austin Rivers, somebody that they're going to keep, maybe DeMarcus Cousins, maybe Davon Reed, depending I on think what those they would, guys do. I think they would like to bring back DeMarcus, but like you said, I don't know that they can afford him. Um, and if they can't, then that's going to be a free agent problem too. Unfortunately, beyond those guys, I, I'd be very concerned about uh, Bryn Forbes, Faku Composo, Lyko Chanchar, and Marcus Howard. I just don't think that those guys are are really in the plans. And and even Lacko, somebody that has been around, and one of the reasons is because he's Nikola Jokic's friend. I don't think that Denver can use those roster spots that way. I think that they need to maximize what they can do. And and whether maximizing means making Nikola Jokic as happy as possible. I don't know. Like the Milwaukee Bucks seem to make it work with the Nasa Santo de Compo on their roster. So we'll just have to see. But I, I do think that that is probably a place where you can get better. And there are a variety of other places where they're going to look to improve. Well, that's uh, for me. I, I think Faku is, is going to be gone. Um, it's just he doesn't fit the plan. Um, and yeah, I agree that uh, Bryn Forbes is out. Um, he can shoot, but there are too many defensive liabilities. You can't replay him in the playoffs. Um, and so, uh, with Vlatko, for me, I do believe that that is something where you don't make that decision without having Jokic's input. Jokic, if you need your friend back, you tell me right now. 
And if he says yes, <laughs> then you say, dear Vlatko, here is your contract. Enjoy sticking around and playing, you know, Call of Duty or whatever with uh, Jokic. Because that, that's fine. Vlatko has talent. He just keeps getting injured. Like every fifth game he steps on the damn floor, you know, he hurts himself. But it, it, it's not that Vlatko can't play. Um, and he's fine as your 14th or 15th guy. It's just a matter of um, do we need that roster spot as a backup four more than uh, we need Jokic to have his guys around him? And my answer to that is, nah. If I'm going to replace him with some rando, then no, I, I'm fine. Um, you know, you just you just move a green during the season if, you, if it's a roster crunch and to get something else you need. 14th guys, Davon Reed, 15th guys, Vlaco Chanchar, figure out the yeah. top 13 and you're, and you're probably good. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I'm fine with that, but I agree with you. I think that the, the other two smaller guards, uh, they're going to be gone. Um, and that you got to get some more rangier, bigger guards to fill that role. We will see, but for now, let's take a break. When we come back, final thing, uh, Gordon, I promise final thing. Uh, we're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about this, this aggressive approach and what that actually means for Denver. We will be right back. All right, we're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Joined by Gordon Gross and have really enjoyed his company over the course of this pod and and really enjoyed the the conversation. It's been wide-ranging and I think pretty productive, hopefully, for Nuggets fans. Um, Gordon, let's talk about Calvin Booth. Let's talk about the aggressiveness that he is hopefully bringing to this thing. And and we we don't firmly know this. this. This is something that I think is more said behind the scenes, is more said as a a thing of what his personality is from from the people that are in the know. Uh, they know that he is willing to take chances. They're, they believe uh, it might they, be they different with him. They believe yeah. that's my yeah. that's the difference. The difference is everybody talks a big game until it's your no, name on the line. Like you can say all you want about trading for somebody when it ain't actually your call, and uh, you know you're just advocating for something in the room. So we don't know how Calvin Booth is going to be until you actually get him out there. But people have said that he's aggressive. They have said that he plans to try to make moves. And if you're going to do that, the one way that Denver absolutely has to get that done this year is via the trade market. That you can't just get close to the goal line. You can't make calls, but it costs too much. At some point, you've got to turn the roster over and um, address some needs with the salaries that you already have on, on the books. It's going to be fascinating. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does it because I, I you know, you know me, I try to uh, figure out what they're going to do, put to put forth my own opinions on, on some of these things, put together hypothetical scenarios and things like that. Uh, but the one thing that you can really look to say that they're going to do and and I would be shocked if they didn't do this. Is they they're going to upgrade the wing position with a better defender and just somebody a little bit more stable than Will Barton and what he has provided for Denver, uh, because they just don't need what he does anymore. Right. And and I want to I want to get your opinion on this too. Where do you stand on the Monte Morris, Bones, Highland, Jamal Murray trio? And and can you compete with all three of them in the rotation playing major minutes? 
on the Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, Bones Highland? Yes. Um, sure. You can. Your fourth guy better be a damn six, seven, like seven foot wingspan, whatever. But yeah, you can. Um, my my concern with with the Nuggets is you can't have that fourth guy be Barton. You cannot have Barton, Murray, Bones, and Monte. So that doesn't work. And and so they're going to have to move off of that position. My only issue is the guy on the roster with the most trade value who could be added to a Barton trade would be either, I guess, Bones Highland, because he's cheap as hell with three years left, or Monte Morris, who's cheap as hell with three years left for a vet. Right. Um. So, like... You, you would have to move one of those guys probably to do the defense switch and remove some of the offense from the team that you shouldn't be needing with two healthy returning max players and shift that to a more defensive position where you're looking for, you're not going to get him, but like a Mikhail Bridges type, you know, yeah. or that kind of a player where offense is not what they're known for what they're known for is locking guys up, um, especially in the playoffs. So uh, the Nuggets are going to have to do that. Uh, I If they ran into the season with just Murray, Bones, and um, Morris, you know, in a guard rotation, I'm still okay with that. Um, but at some point, it's my opinion that Bones needs to play on ball, that he needs to be your backup point guard. And if Jamal is your starting point guard, you can't really run Monte Morris. He's just a little small. It's not Monte's fault. Uh, you know me. I've been a Monte stand since before they drafted oh, him. Oh, yeah. So, like, the only – I was on draft day when I was throwing things for the whole first round. When the second round came around and they drafted Monte Morris, I was like, oh, at least they got one good player. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, good. We finally added somebody who can do some work. And sure enough, Monte just – he's a – Monte's a lunch pail guy. He's a grinder. Like he goes out there and he does exactly what you would expect him to do. And he will do that for another decade in the league. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I adore him. And I don't know that he is the future here in Denver simply because bones Highland's going to need that spot. And then you're looking at how do you maximize Jamal Murray as a starter and bones as your sixth man. The biggest reason why I ask is because I think that question sort of shapes what Denver can and probably should do in the right. trade market with the, with the Will Barton position. Because when you're looking to add a fourth guy to those three, if that's your goal, then that player probably can't be small. That player probably can't be not versatile. Uh, they, they're going to have to have some defensive versatility to be able to guard ones, twos, and maybe some threes. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want somebody who can – both handle the ball, but also mostly just space and shoot and cut. And, and you've got to have somebody that's willing to do those things, but also not willing to, or also they're, they're willing to have and carry a lower usage rate and not have to have the ball in their hands all the time. Uh, so I am just, I'm very curious to see what you think of some of these names, because the one name that I think Nuggets fans have, have thought about that they've, they've said, Hey, let's go after Lou Dort is, uh, is too short. If you're going to carry Dort, Murray, Bones, and Monte, 
I can see that. Is that if, if Monte is still on your team because Dort's only what, like 6'4? Yeah, it's like 6'3, 6'4. Six, three, six, three, six, four. Four. Yeah. Um, then I, I can see that being an issue. Um, uh, but at the same po- point, like having a defensive guy is sort of important. Like I, I, if he's a little shorter, like if, if they added Marcus Smart, I wouldn't be like, well, you can't add Marcus Smart. Like that guy's too short. Um, Marcus can play. He's, he, he plays big. That's okay. So, uh, it, like, I, height is less of a concern to me than defensive prowess at that point. Um, I mean, Lou Dort has, like, a, a, when Gary Harris is too short, Gary Harris is also, his wingspan is small. Gary is right. short arms and not a big two guard. Whereas at least Lou Dort's got, like, a six, like a six, eight wingspan, six, nine wingspan on him. Whereas, you know, uh, you were looking at Gary Harris. He's like a, He's like six, two and a half, six, three with like a six, four wingspan. Like he doesn't, there's no length there for um, defending bigger players. He doesn't have the height and he doesn't have the wingspan. Whereas at least Dort has one of those things. So it doesn't kill me if they added Dort. I don't see how they do it, but it wouldn't like, that would be okay with me. But from a height perspective, I agree with you. You're going to want somebody who you would hope is more like six, six uh, with a very, with a strong build. If you're going to be rolling bones at six, two, you know, with a, um, we'll call it wiry build out there as well. <laughs> uh, the, the one major counter that I'm going to throw at you, I think the free agency and the, the trade, obviously those are going to have to both go hand in hand. If yes. you add a guy like Gary Harris in free agency, it probably means less to go get a guy like Lou Dort. Probably Agreed. means less to to add guys, especially if you get get back Austin Rivers. Like you're probably good for point of attack defenders yep. at that point. You just you've got Gary Harris, you've got Austin Rivers. Whoever you trade for uh, probably has to have some versatility to be able to guard those guys. They have you're to be able to guard have... up to three. Yeah, you've got to be able to guard up to the six eight guys who are playing the shooting guard. And small exactly, like exactly those guys. Um, so with with that in mind, I've got some other names that I want to throw at you. One that you spoke to me before about that I think makes some sense here is Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's been long been a target, I think, ever since uh, ever since he signed that contract with the Lakers, basically. Nuggets fans have thought, hey, that's a good 3 and D wing that makes a lot of sense. That could be a good fit in Denver. Uh, I think he's the prototype for what you're looking for from a, hey, here is an upgrade. Will Barton plus future first round pick for Contavious Caldwell Pope. That feels like a very straightforward deal that Denver could make that I think a team like Washington would probably accept. Um, is he a guy that you would target? Yes. I think he's gettable. His salary is commensurate with what Will Barton's making. Um, so you don't have to go crazy trying to add um, extra salary or extra players to get him. Now, again, like you said, I think I don't think they do KCP for Barton straight up but it does get Barton back to um, around his hometown area. You know, you're, he's right down the street from Baltimore at that point. Um, so you're, you're hoping that um, KCP as a, as a defender um, will do what you want. Will, will do what you need from that position. And he doesn't take a ton of shots, you know, like he's, I mean, last year he took a bunch more shots than he had been taking recently. And it was like 10. He took like right. 10, 11 shots a game last year. And normally he's been around seven, eight. So, and that's good. That's what you need is a guy who's not going to f- try to fill it up. 
Um, you know, KCP can't really shoot threes. That's not his game. Um, he's not terrible at it for his career. Um, I think he's better lately. Yeah, he's improved that. I should I shouldn't lie. He's gotten better um, over time. He's that's one of his skills that he did improve from uh, when he was playing in Detroit, and then when he got to the Lakers, he got better, and he's been good now. But KCP fits a lot of the boxes that you need as far as can score, doesn't look to score. Um, so if you left him open, he would shoot. Like that's what the Nuggets need is they don't need a guy who th- their problem that they had when they had a um, a defender like Tory Craig is that Craig was a good defender. Like, that was fine. But that he he literally could not hurt anybody who was leaving him open. Uh, not right. when he was on the Nuggets. That was not his skill set. Um, and so it cost the Nuggets with defensive coverage. It allowed people to roll their coverages um, to other more dangerous players. And you don't want them to do that. You want everybody to have to be honored as a scoring presence on the floor when you have your starters out there. So in my opinion, KCP fits that pretty well. Um, I know I, I floated earlier in the off season to you that if they were going to have to move Morris and Barton together, that you would be looking at guys like KCP plus, you know, a young player off of the, um, off of the wizards that you could get, like, you know, Rui Hachimura, if you were going to get him uh, just to like, even out the trade, but maybe that way you would get more back from them. You might be able to do a pick swap with them instead of giving up a first. Because sure. the, the thing with the Nuggets is they're down on first round picks. So yes, you could trade a, you could trade this year's first round pick. You know that would be something. But you don't have a lot of future first round picks you can trade for a long time. Like yeah, your your bullets are running dry. Like you you have so you few trade like twenty nine, right? Like yeah, that's, you can trade 27 and 29 basically. Yeah. So uh, you're looking at, you know, five years from now and maybe guys want that. They want to get out of Jokic's prime with their, with your first rounder so that maybe you have a problem and you're not drafting 28th or 30th. Then, you know, you're drafting 16th or something. And so they sure. a better first round pick. I get that completely fine, but you have to talk somebody into that stuff. Um, and I don't know what Barton's value is, honestly. You know, and Will Barton has been the OG nugget forever. Um, but it, I don't see his fit on the roster and I don't see him coming back after his current contract expires. So he's on an expiring anyway. And this is the time at which you trade a guy so you can use that salary block. And that's what I, I want people to understand is it has less to do with who Will is and more to do with how do you swap $13 million out of the offense and put it into the defense. And you can't do it in free agency. And you can't do it in the draft. The only way you can do that is by moving Will Barton now for a guy that you can extend who is already that kind of defender, who is already, you know, a pro in his prime, etc. Another guy I'd throw into that category is Jamichael Green, uh, who's going to probably opt into his $8.2 million player option or so. Right. You combine his salary along with Will Barton's and you get $22, $23 million. You can match up to about, what, 27? Like can that's, you, uh, yeah, but that's can pretty you, good. Can you trade? Uh, when is he available to trade? That's my thing with, with uh, the Greens is because I think that those count as one-year deals, I don't think you can trade them until December. I don't think you can trade them at the, in, in the offseason. So is I that would, true? 
man, I don't know. I'm not a cap guy, but I feel I, like, I, I feel like that's not true. I feel like because he opts in, it just becomes like it was a rolled over deal. Okay. Like it was like, it was, I think that it it's, there's other contracts that are like what you're talking about, but this well, one, a, I do have not a, think have a, cap, have a cap guy on and they can explain it because I'm not yeah. that guy. I just know that that is my only concern with both of the greens opting in is that you wouldn't be able to trade one of them until December 15th or whatever they put that deadline at. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but I do have that concern. So whoever's listening to this podcast, go ahead and reply and let us know. Cause I know all you cap geniuses are out there. That is not my strong suit. I blather. I do not know what the hell goes on with caps. <laughs> that is okay. Um, so a couple of the other names that I think Denver should be considering here, Josh Hart, Josh, Josh Richardson, yes, Bogdan Bogdanovich is one Absolutely. that I think is everybody's going to be a little bit weirded out by that one because he's not that much of a defensive upgrade, but he is a defensive upgrade over Barton. He's a little yep. bit bigger and he's just better offensively too. I think that if you get a guy like Gary Harris, if you get a guy like Austin Rivers to come back, if you draft a bigger wing like a Marjan Bochamp or somebody like that, there are enough defenders that you could then still think about the offensive end in the starting lineup and be willing to go after a guy like that. That would be a very interesting addition to what is already a potent offense. No, absolutely. I, I, there are, what we're talking about are not hard and fast rules. I don't have a, you must be this good defensively to ride the Denver Nuggets. You know what I mean? Like that's, sure. that's not a thing. That's a good um, but point. I, I do want defensive upgrades. And I do, if you're going to be a defensive upgrade, but not a defensive um, stalwart, not a defensive stopper, then your offense better play. And Bogdan's offense plays. Like that's, that's not a concern that I have with him. So um, in, that, in that sense, absolutely. Uh, like I said, Josh Hart is 100% on my list. I would, if they added Josh Hart this offseason, I would be ecstatic. My only concern with Josh Hart is whether the Nuggets have enough shots for him. Like, well, then Bogdanovich would be a definite concern too. Uh, Bogdanovich didn't even shoot as much as Josh Hart shot this year, so really? I don't think. I don't think. I mean, if they did, they're they're even. But that yeah. that is a concern. But Bogdan would would be fine because he's you know playing with Jokic and their bros. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a different concern. Josh sure. Hart. Um, uh, doesn't have that sort of familiarity. So um, I, I would have some concerns there, but yes, I would love to trade for Josh Hart. He's under contract for a couple more years. Um, does he, I think his last year is a player option though. So it's really only under contract for like his, his contract year. is weird. Uh, I, I, I would just call it a two year contract and, and hope that it stays that way. Sure. Um, he, he averaged about 10 shots over the course of his time with new Orleans and Portland, over the course of last year, uh, the rest of the time he was under that, I think he could still be at that eight to 10 threshold and be fine. Uh, especially if it's for a title contender, he hasn't been on a title contender yet. So there's, there's something to just opting into that. And he seems like a guy Villanova guy that would be willing to opt into that. So I, I totally agree with you that Denver should be very much in on Josh Hart. If he is uh, available. Him. Yeah. It's a, it's a matter of what, how you could get. Cause like Dan, the best thing about somebody like KCP is that you are moving your attributes and your assets out of the freaking conference. The Nuggets have this habit of trading with only people that they are rivals with who are already <laughs> in their own conference, who 
will haunt them forever. Like it's a very annoying thing that they do where they don't move guys to the East. So uh, uh, my preference personally is to add guys who are not with you because the trailblazers, I don't know what they are going to be doing. I don't know what their plan is. Uh, But yeah, if, if they do make Josh Hart available, then yeah. Like, absolutely. I'm down for that. I think uh, one of one of the deals that I've been kicking around, they've been talking about Jeremy Grant for a while. Uh, send Jeremy Grant to the Trailblazers. Send Will Barton and to Michael Green, if, if you can do that, to the Pistons as expiring deals. Uh, get them a, a first-round pick for their troubles, and then Denver gets Josh Hart or something akin to that makeup sure. of a deal. There are creative ways to make it happen. There, are like, I, there's no way around it. Like, the Denver is going to have some opportunities to go target some guys. They might have to overpay. They might have to get a little bit crazy with some of the guys that they try to offer. Uh, one of the things I've been very curious about is, okay, are they going to trade for a backup center? Like, because there's a very strong possibility that Demarcus Cousins walks. Yes, and they're going to have to fill that gap in in some way, shape, or form. And I doubt you can do it in, with a minimum contract and free agency. Well, that's yeah. Your concern there is you need like at least something like an Alex Len type, right? Like you don't need like a killer, but you're looking for somebody who's big and can put in minutes. Because right now the Nuggets have like their second biggest player is Michael Porter Jr. Right. You know, uh, your third biggest player is like Zignaji, who's like an okay sized four, you know, but doesn't have his man strength yet. Like that you don't have another big guy. There are zero other big dudes. There's no one you can run out there against um, like Steven Adams and be like, sure. He's not going to just totally destroy whoever this other guy is. Like the one thing about DeMarcus is that is a big man with big man strength. Like you don't have to worry about that problem with him. And the nuggets found out this year that having an actual center on the bench was really helpful when they played him, despite the foul trouble that really helped their offensive situation. It helped them stay um, with a center that played not like Jokic, but was it was a paint presence. It mattered to them to be able to play like that off the bench. And I would hope that they would find another guy like that, but I agree with you. I don't know. Um, if you can get that guy on a minimum, I don't know if you can get that guy in free agency. So if you're going to have to trade somebody, I don't know what that trade looks like. Andre Drummond's one guy with free agency that I would target. He's a good passer. He is a good big body. Uh, definitely going to give you a lot of the things that DeMarcus Cousins gave you. New Orleans Noel uh, just seems like a very traditional rim running center that if you have a guy like Monte Morris moving back to the bench, if Bones Highland's playing the two, uh, for, for various times, then it, it would make sense to have a guy that can go above the rim and, and throw down some dunks. Uh, Denver's going to have to consider those things. They might actually add a third center. I, I think I know that's a, that's a wild concept, but it is a wild if, concept. If, if you're, if you're adding like a, a second center, then maybe adding a third center just in case that guy gets injured might not be a bad idea too. Uh, I think at that point that they would have to play small. I think they would then roll with the like Zeke Naji at center or Vlatko at center. You know what I mean? Like at that point, uh, uh, you'd put Jeff Green at center, like whatever. You wouldn't, I don't think they would carry a third big man who's a cheerleader. I don't expect that to happen. 
They're so invested in guards. I don't, I don't think they would do that. Um, and with the number of guard injuries they've had, in my opinion, if you're going to do that, you would have a G you'd have a two way guy. You wouldn't have a 15 man guy. You'd have a two way set. You'd have a big man who's in, you know, Detroit with, you know, the gold who's just sitting around, you know, doing his thing. And if you need to call him up because you have some injuries, you've got a guy for that. Last thing for you, before we go, who do you think is the guy that Denver goes after? Who do you think is the guy that they ultimately end up trading for? I want to, I want to see if I can get you on record. And if you're right, I still think it's KCP. Um, it makes sense because the, the, nobody knows the Nuggets roster. Well, I guess now that the Timberwolves do, but no, you know, uh, the Nuggets are well known by, you know, Wes Unso Jr. Who's over there. Um, he knows what guys would do. He knows what they would do for him. You could go ahead and if, if someone's going to bite on having Barton as a legitimate piece, he would be one of those guys. If he was looking at what their, you know, what their, uh, what else they might offer to get KCP, you know, they have actual Denver input over there. So in my opinion, he fits, he's gettable. He does what you need as a two, three, you know, defensive swing man who can still shoot um, and cut, honestly. Like, is sure. he the best player in the world? No. Is he steady? Absolutely. And the Nuggets are just looking for that guy. They're looking for an Aaron Gordon swing man. You know what I mean? And I, I think KCP is a better shooter than that. And I, and I think that might be underselling him. So if, if that would work for them, I think so. I don't think you can get Josh Hart for a reasonable deal. Denver always balks at, you know, paying unreasonable deals. So I just have struggle. I, I struggle despite the fact that Conway's not here. Um, I, I don't, I guess I don't expect him to go crazy trader the second that Conway's out the building. Um, when none of the, when none of them could talk him into that before and they were all here before, it's not like it's a totally different guy. That guy was in this front office, you know? So for me, my expectation is go get a guy who should be gettable. That would be KCP. That's what I hope to see. I'm going to go on record and say that they trade for Dylan Brooks. Okay. It's a little weird. I love how I love it's, how you bring up a dude we didn't bother talking about all I know. broadcast. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to go with, uh, who, is this guy even in the NBA? Sure. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> the, the biggest reason, of course, is, is he went out with a sour note in Memphis I yeah. do think that they are going to try to upgrade and they're going to try to clear up some space for Desmond Bain to be the main wing there. Um, and there's going to be some, some movement with the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks feels like a guy, three and D guy that he's, he's not really a great three point shooter. No, but he does a, guard two and a half in D he's a two and a half in D guy. Yeah. That's, that's probably not the best a, way to not put a it. Three and D. But my, my only concern with him is that he likes to shoot. Oh yeah. And that's not going to happen here. Like if you watched him play for Memphis, I don't want to say he's a gunner. Oh, he is. But he's a gunner. So <laughs> he's a gunner. You would have to he's... talk him into not doing that. He's got that Terrence Ross shot selection. <laughs> right. But, but I, but I do player, think, but it, it's just a concern. Yeah. I do think that when you talk about gettable guys, uh, is Josh Richardson gettable? Is Matisse Thibel, Matisse is probably gettable, but do he's you want gettable. him starting? Probably right. not. Uh, Kelly Oubre, maybe gettable. Um, Alec Burks, maybe gettable. 
I think that Dylan Brooks is better than those guys, and he has a better potential to fit with what Denver's trying to do. He's in their timeline, too. If you're talking about guys who are still on the up, you know, Dylan Brooks should still be getting better. So, yeah, I can see that. It's off the wall. I know I didn't mention him, but I do think just kind of thinking about where Denver's at and what kind of aggressiveness they're going to be looking towards. I think he's a guy that I would actually consider. Absolutely. Um, So we will see. We will see what they ultimately do. But Gordon, thank you so much for taking the time. We have spoken for hours at this point, and and I do genuinely appreciate uh, the the marathon that we have put in for both of these parts of this podcast. Uh, Really going out with a bang here. No, I, I hope it's. I hope that it's great. Um, I'm. I hope that everybody uh, enjoys it. Uh, it's been good talking to you. And uh, as you know, uh, talking about the Nuggets is not something I usually get tired of. Being annoyed at the Nuggets, I do get tired of. But talking about them, nah, that's fine. So I'm really hoping that this offseason they get the formula right. That's all I want from the Nuggets is to swap the formula a little bit. You've added all the offensive talent you need. Now add the role players that maximize what the rest of your already there talent can do and go get out here and get to the freaking finals already. Like Nuggets have ended up impatient. They've paid their dues. They have the best player in the world on the team. Go make something of that. I love it. Thank you for tuning in. And, th- and thank you everybody for tuning into this podcast. Really appreciate all the love and support on the program. I probably won't podcast until uh, Monday. That's that's probably, I think, my plan. Uh, more things will, will come to light after that, but I am looking forward to what's to come, and I am very excited for where this Nuggets offseason is going to take everybody. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to follow Gordon at GMoneyNugs on Twitter, and I'll talk to you guys next week.